Hello, and welcome into the CBL Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, MC33. All right, hey everybody, we're back with the CBL Fantasy Football Show for week seven. After this week, we'll officially be at the halfway point of the season. So I've got a special guest joining me. Uh, I'll introduce him later. I've got the commish, John Rave, in the building. And we're going to talk recaps from last week, the transaction train, power rankings, and of course, we're going to go through the previews this week. And spoiler alert, his matchup is actually in our game of the week. So uh, I'm glad you're with us. Enjoy the show. I feel so close to you right now. It's a force field. I wear my heart up on my sleeve like a big deal. Your love bars down on me, surround me like a waterfall. There's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. All right, before we get into the recaps, I do want to introduce my guest. I've got the commish, John Rabe Jr. joining me again. John, thanks for being on the pod. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Uh, I can't believe it's been a couple months since we did the first show. Um, Cade was even maybe going to come here. So yeah, I thought we were going to have a tripod, but, uh, we didn't, but this is, this but is great. We both are kind of tripods in our own sense, you know, whatever you say, whatever you say, um, I'll take that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the week three recap or sorry, not the week three recap, the week uh, six recap. Um, it was a down week of scoring. I kind of, I felt like not a lot of people scored a lot of points. There were lots of teams within the 100 to 130 range. And there were two really close matchups, and we were both a part of those. I was on the the lucky end of one of them, and and you were not so lucky. So maybe we can just get right into your matchup. You know, what what what? How do you feel after that close loss? Well, I didn't feel good. Um, I thought it was a good matchup. I mean, Dan's team is. If you look at his roster, he's got a good lineup. I knew it was going to be tough. It wasn't just going to be you know Dan's one and four. It was going to be an easy week or anything like that. Uh, I, the projections, honestly, I can't remember exactly what they were, but they ended up – I had like a 10-point favor there. So I don't put much stock into that. So I knew it wasn't going to be a cakewalk or anything. But my team played good um, considering the week. But, you know, Dallas Goddard just didn't show up on uh, – again. was it Sunday night against Sunday Dallas? night football, yeah. Yeah, I had and, in my notes that you went into Sunday night football. And I remember – the way the afternoon game shook out, Dan was able to get some some key points late. And we were all in our group chat just talking a little bit about how Dan was playing well and your your guys maybe weren't playing as well. I know Cooper Cup, a guy who scores a lot of points, maybe had kind of a down week. But the the sentiment was definitely, oh, John's got Dallas Goddard. He's he's down just over five points. He's got this. And then Dallas Goddard ended up having 4.2 points. Well, I mean, if you look at my scores, my players were really consistent. Like Cooper Cup had 17.2. Dan Kareem Hunt had 2.2. Hayden Hurst had 5.1. Right there, I was feeling really good because mm-hmm. he didn't get much contribution from those two guys. But Josh Allen, 35. Brees Hall's been good the last few weeks. Yeah, he's – he's when, when I played Dan two weeks ago and I barely squeaked out a win – those two guys alone had 76 And then Dan, Dan throws in Kenneth Walker, who, I mean, yeah. so yeah, Dan, overall, I mean, I, I was disappointing, but I'm not – it's not like I my team was a dud. My team was really consistent. Saquon still played good. Honestly, the person I'm most disappointed in but outside of Goddard, uh, Brady at 16. Yeah, he I mean, struggled. if you can just get to 20, I got the win too. Yeah, you know, I don't want to bring up some bad memories of that week, but if you remember – Saquon Barkley had a chance to get a second touchdown at the end of the game, could have ran that in, elected to slide right before the goal line so that his team could kneel out the clock 
if he runs that in, you obviously win. You know, not even only if he runs that in, if he gets, you know, a few more yards, you're probably even closer um, to getting that win. So, yeah, that's I'll, frustrating. I'll, yeah, I'll have to get my boys to remind him who he really plays for. Yep, there you go. Um, you know, I think what, what for Dan was so big about that win is he stays with the group of guys at two and four right now rather than being solely at the bottom of the league. So, um, you know, that's what's crazy about fantasy, whether you win by 50 or you win by one. It's a week-to-week game, and it can be really beautiful and fun, and it can be freaking maddening and crazy. Uh, the other close matchup was my matchup. I beat Todd 125.73 to 123.85, and the reality was I, I, I tried to record on Wednesday night, and the software for Anchor, which is the the podcast software I use, shout out Anchor, not a not an official sponsor, but shout out Anchor. It was down. I couldn't record. And I texted you guys and I said, I'm going to try to do the pod on Friday. Well, on Thursday, a stat correction came out and I actually ended up winning. So initially I thought I lost by 0.12 points and I don't need to go through the full details. Basically it came down to Brandon McManus and Mike Williams. And as long as Brandon McManus didn't score almost nine points, 0.7 more points than Mike Williams, I win, which I didn't think could happen. And he did. And I lost my 0.12 and uh, ended up getting a stat correction where the 49ers defense earned two more points and I got the win. Um, so instead of being one and five at the bottom of the league, I'm two and four at seven in seventh place. I'm feeling pretty good. Like what an anomaly. Like Todd set his lineup first off. What's the I, chances of that? I want to bring that up by the way. I'll let you finish, but I have, I have something to bring up about that. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying like, what are the statistics? Maybe Todd can figure it out for us because, you know, he's good at math. Mm-hmm. What are the statistics that Todd sets his lineup and there's a stat correction? I've never seen a more impactful stat correction in the history, the of, the history CBL. of CBL. I, I would agree. And it's something you always hear about. And I will tell you, when the game was – when the matchups were over and I lost by point one two, I quickly looked at the box scores and I was trying to search for one. And initially I was looking at the 49ers defense to see if they had more sacks or anything like that. And it, it ended up not being that. It looks like one of the, the 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 touchdowns that was scored was not given up by the defense. So in the points allowed, even though the Falcons had 28 points scored, only in the 22 to 27 range were given up by the actual defense, which ended up being the kind of the deciding factor. But let's go back to Todd here. I do think it is a little interesting that Todd Buckle, who never sets his lineup ever, has not set his lineup since Javante Williams tore his ACL. He, he, he finally sets his lineup when he plays me. But if you look at his matchup for this week, it's not set, and it's Friday. It's a little curious. I, I have a feeling uh, – I feel like people in the league maybe let Todd know when, when, they play, when he plays me, when I kind of feel like it's an unspoken rule to not tell Todd about his lineup and just take the win. Yeah, I mean, I think – Todd, the day after draft day, looked at the schedule, went into his calendar on his phone, set a reminder for Tuesday, you know, October 18th, and said, <laughs> set lineup, it's Michael's week. You I, know, and I think that's why he did it. I, I And I, I, now he's done. I don't believe I, – I think it might have been something a little different, but um, either way, I got the win. I think everything – Do you think all- there's a shared password? I think I don't I don't know if there's a shared password or if there's a separate group chat or if Kate Hoverson, my forever rival in fantasy football, was like, "Hey Todd, maybe set your lineup this week." Um, is that why Kate didn't want to come tonight to answer this hard question? It could be. What I know is that I got the win, and that and Todd will probably not set his lineup again for the rest of the year. So back back to the last thing on this. Back to the like impactfulness of this thing. If there is a such thing as uh momentum in fantasy football i have never seen a more momentous i'm on a two two game win streak baby yeah this is like those things where it's like oh shit like tom you know tom brady back in the day team started out slow they're winning they're coming in second half of the season uh oh here's michael again just knocking at the door ready ready for his ride into the playoffs and that's why i'm if i was uh outsider and I don't know what the odds would be. I asked that question in the group chat today. I, I would throw down 20 hey, on, on Collison. There's been – there's no doubt, and and I know this is my podcast produced independently by me, and I probably it's probably bad taste to talk about my own success, but I'll do it anyway. 
I've had a lot of great moments over the years in the CBL. You know, I've won a lot of money from you guys. I think I did the math once and it was something like somewhere between $1,500 and $2,000 that you guys have paid me over the years. Um, but that this has been a pretty good two weeks for me in terms of last minute victories. Kind of satisfying. One. <laughs> you know, you, you can be like some of your best wins are, you know, you can yeah. be like, it's just satisfying. And that's what's fun about I know that some people throw out the idea of playing like best ball or total points scored. But to me, that is what's so fun about the week to week game is that things like that can change. Um, Going into some of the other recaps, uh, Brian beat Quinn 123.88 to 100.90. You know, I kind of feel like Lamar Jackson has slowed down for Quinn over the past few weeks and it's really hurt him. Basically, Quinn's wins have come when Lamar's went off uh, and he just can't get wide receiver correct. You know, can't make the right pick. And Brian, Brian's team didn't have a great showing either, but Austin Eckler and Tyreek Hill have had big days. Those, I believe, are the number one and num- number one running back and the number one wide receiver in fantasy right now. What, any thoughts on Brian and Quinn's matchup? Well, I think Quinn, just looking at his scores, I mean, week two, he puts up 176. Week three, 169. And then the last two weeks, I mean, in between there, they were okay, but 97 and 100. I that's just a huge drop. It's almost, you know, a third of his points dropped yeah. off. And maybe that's just, the, you know, the sign of the guys that Quinn has on his squad. You know, Lamar Jackson, high variance, high risk, high reward type player. Um, you know, Aaron Jones, especially high risk, high reward type player. Uh, Quinn's one of those guys you don't want to see. Um, but Brian, his team has actually played pretty well this year. That's one of the more low. That's one of the lower scores. And I know Brian feels fortunate that he didn't have to play, you know, one of the other people in the league who scored more than him because he didn't really put up a lot of points. Uh, going into Keaton and Nate's matchup, if you remember from last week's episode, I talked about how there was some drama here, some backstory where, you know, Keaton pretty uh, intentionally on the pod called Nate out publicly about how his team was not very good at the start of the year. And Nate's team, which is primarily full of guys he drafted, is the team he rolled out. And I think we were all kind of pulling for Nate in this one, but he didn't get enough points from the guys that he needed them from. You know, he got them from CMC and, and Kelsey. But Keaton's team did 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 put up a big showing. I mean, Burrow, 39 and a half points for Keaton. Um, How about Deion Jackson, the waiver wire play? I mean, 31 points out of Deion Jackson. If, um, I, if I ask the guys in our league who Deion Jackson plays for, I don't even know if they could tell me. Because I didn't know. Until I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the app, and I don't know who he plays for. <laughs> um, and then looking at Nate, you know, good luck riding the Aaron Rodgers training game. 14 points there. Yeah. So, Good pickup on your birthday. So so maybe that was a nice landmine drop from you where you dropped him for someone else to pick up. You know, yeah. the, the Packers fans in our league are all too predictable. I, I think I would have gave up. I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I had Aaron Rodgers, and I just couldn't do it. I just had to get back to another, you know, Tom Brady, I love him, but he's just – he's basically doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, I think Nate's team has some solid pieces, but ultimately – He's got lots of holes to fill on his squad and and probably got to make some moves if he wants to salvage his season. And then the final matchup, the game of the week, uh, it really wasn't much of a game of the week. Cade smoked Cody 152.37 to 105.76. And if Keaton's got a public vendetta against Nate, I guess I'm the one who's been the banging the drum of Cody's team isn't very good. And I think I was right on this one. You know, Cody's, Cody's team struggled. Um, you know, Cade had 23 points from the New York Jets defense and some big days from guys like Ramondre Stevenson and Leonard Fournette and Mark Andrews. Um, and Cody's team has wins, but it just looks like it's not very good. And there's lots of question marks, particularly at wide receiver. Wide receiver through tight end that Cody. I mean, I think that alone, he's got to have solid. He's got DK, but I, he wouldn't be my, you know. Is DK Metcalf someone who, like, we really want to be good and is just not that good? I think – I think so. I think he is good. I I think he's good. I think not having Russell Wilson this year is a little different for him and having Geno. But I don't – I think Cody's team is going to keep winning just because I think his running backs – Dalvin isn't as good as he used to be, but Nick Chubb is a really good running back. Dalvin will score, and he's got Patrick Mahomes. So I think Cody – I wouldn't count him out. I feel, so He's definitely still in the playoff run. Cade's team is legit. I mean – Herbert only put up 8.9 points, and yeah. he won by 50 almost. Yeah, Cade's team is really tough this year. And kind of my final thought on Cody before we we transition to the next segment is I would just caution Cody. He did this last year too. His team was winning 
but definitely had signs of a team that maybe shouldn't be winning and he didn't make any moves and that his team ultimately sank. And, and, and so I think that is what, like, if you look at the CBL, if, if, if there's ever teams that get off to a hot start and they like, don't continue to try to make their team better. And they're just kind of banking on the success happening. You, it, you've always got to be working to get your team to be the best it can be. And it can always improve in some way. And you can't think about, total points scored is the only measure. It's like the strategy of the week-to-week game. It's a week-to-week game, guys. I say this all the time. And so um, that would be my final thought there. That, that's a recap for this week. We're going to get into uh, the power rankings here. Right, before we get into the power rankings and the standings, I do want to just check in with John a little bit. It's it's about the halfway point in the league. Uh, we had initially planned to have you, John, come on next week after week seven, which is kind of the true halfway mark of the regular season. Uh, but it just kind of worked out in our schedule to do the episode tonight. So right now, John, you're you're sitting at three and three. How do you feel about your squad thus far? I, I feel good about it. I think my record could easily be five and one at this point instead of three and three. Uh I think Saquon has been a huge, you know, that's been my biggest surprise or, you know, the the best thing that on my team that is outside of the usual. Cooper, having Cooper Cup and Diggs is just fantastic. I don't have to worry about them except this week when they're both on a bye, which I almost prefer it just to have them both be done this week. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is coming back this week, which has been good. My biggest issue is my RB2. Um, I, I don't have a solid one. I don't really – love James Conner. I mean, I think I just have him there to hopefully get double digit points every week. Singletary um, from the Bills has been decent. Uh, And then actually Damian Pierce from the Texans is another one who I think will continue to have upside. I I like my team. I probably need to make some more moves, but to find that true, if I could get a solid RB2 and maybe give up a good wide receiver, because I got two solid ones, I think my team would be stronger. I just got to find the right move to make that happen. Yeah, you know, I think with when you talk about RB2s, the reality is RB running back depth is just so important in, in fantasy because you know how quickly your team can look differently when your running backs get hurt. And the, the thing with wide receivers is there's so many playable guys on the wire that you could play based on matchup, and your wide receivers are so good, you know. Uh, Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs are always like either ranked one and two or two of the top three. But but that running back depth piece, you know, until you're near the very end or you know who you're going to play, um, it's always good to have a few extras. So I know what you're saying there. Um, I think your team is pretty good as well. Um, you know, being three and three, you have some close losses, um, but but you got a good squad. Who do you think has the best team? And you can say yourself if you feel like you have the best team. I don't think I have the best team. I think Cade does. Uh, Cade's team is really good. I'm I'm going to pull up the roster here now. But just looking at it, like I said, when you have Herbert and he has nine points and you beat another team, I don't – and you put up 150. Let's just say not even look at the score. Cade's team put up 150 with Herbert scoring nine points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's just, a solid team. And then he just traded Justin Herbert away. Um, and and for that means, so, I know yeah. that that's true. I guess I didn't even see that. But yeah. Kate even made her last week that big transaction. And I'm the type of person where probably exactly what your example was, where if I think things are rolling, I'm probably not going to make moves, mm-hmm. and that could probably pay you. Cade, knowing his team's already rolling, making a, in my opinion, a really big trade last week. That takes a lot of guts, and I got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, and I, and I I guess I would align more with kind of Cade's philosophy of, and 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 just in past teams of mine that have end up being the team at the end to win. Um, a lot of times, those are teams that I had where I did make some kind of risky moves, and it wasn't you know I'd make a move now so I could make a better move later, you know, and um, but that that cannot pan out too, you know, those can always be risky. Um, I, I will be interested to see how the Trevor Lawrence experience experiment goes with Cade. Hopefully it's just a one-week thing and that he sucks and I, mean, I get a win because I need a win. Looking at Cade's roster this week, I would say he has one of the worst teams. But, like, you're telling me Trevor Lawrence, Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Alan Lazard, Cortland Sutton. Well, I mean, this is the week I want to play Cade. 
and I get to play Cade this week, and I'll tell you that I've had some bad luck this year. So um, who knows? We'll get into the previews here in a little Who's bit. Who's Ramondre Stevenson? You know, <laughs> and then that's the flex. I I think I think Cade's team is overall. I'm going to give him the benefit. I think he's got the best team. If he he does need to, it'll be interesting to see how the second half of the season goes for him. Yep. Uh, on one dark, like outside of you, who I already think is going to make the playoffs and make a huge run in the second half of the season. I think Quinn's team is trending down. That's another one I've noticed. Mm-hmm. I think Quinn's got to make a big move. Mm-hmm. I think Quinn, if you're listening, if you do listen to this, be open to big moves. Uh, and then Brian's team, looking at that, Tua coming back, I think Brian has a good team. I have a tough game with him this week, which we'll talk about more, I know. Uh, but overall, I think Brian has a solid team built up right now. So that just kind of leads right into the, the whole segment here. Um, the current standings shake out like this. Cade is up top by himself at 5-1. and one. Cody and Brian are tied for second at 4-2. and two. Cody's slightly ahead of Brian on points. Um, you're, you and Keaton and Quinn – are in the four, five, six spot at three and three. Uh, and then there's four of us at two and four at the bottom. So one win or loss either way could put us either in seventh or in, or in 10th. Um, I'm leading that group in seventh. Dan is in eighth. Nate is uh, nine and Todd is 10. The way I have the power rankings, um, and you kind of alluded to how you saw guys and, and teams trending up and down. I did say Cade was the best team. I have Brian in the second slot right now, uh, but I really could go either way with you or Brian in that second slot. I did put him ahead of you just because he's four and two and you're three and three. Uh, Keaton's at three and three in the four spot. I think his team is better than Cody's. He just got the win. Cody, I'm going to respect the wins. He's in the five spot at four and two. Uh, I put myself in the sixth spot. You know, I'm maybe a little confident, a little about the last two weeks, uh, just a little excited. You know, I would agree with you that Quinn's team is kind of trending down. So I, I I put mine ahead of him. You know, Quinn has a win on me that if Lamar Jackson doesn't score 50 points, I probably beat him. So um, I'm going to say my team is either as good as his, if not a little better. And then the final three teams are exactly with the, with the way the standings shake out at Dan, Nate, and Todd. So, um, and you know, maybe you agree with some of those. Maybe you kind of feel like some guys should have been higher. Um, I, I'm open to your thoughts. The only – I would switch Brian and I. I think, I think four and two and three and three right now in our league, it's so circumstantial based on what's happened. Uh, and I, I, I'm saying this literally objectively, looking at the rosters. But I have Diggs and Cup at wide receiver. I have Saquon who probably will get hurt this week, but as of right now, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas Goddard outside of last week, but I think. I could be right there at five and one. And I'm saying that just overall looking at my scores last week could have easily fallen as a win. And then uh, my game against Keaton was really close to a couple weeks ago. Uh, I just think I have a little bit stronger of a solid wide receiver lineup that kind of puts me over the edge with Brian. Yeah. And full PPR scoring, you know, there's no doubt that that your team is really strong and getting D Hopkins back is, is a big, big thing as well. Um, yeah. I, I, I think these next couple of weeks can be pivotal. And uh, when we get in the previews, the reality is you get to play Brian this week. So um, it's a big week in terms of deciding kind of that top area. And if if I can knock off Cade, uh, maybe I can get it closer for you guys to get towards the top there. So uh, those are the power rankings and standings uh, for this week. We're excited about what might change going into next week. All right, each week, as a reminder with the transaction train, I'm going to rank the three most impactful transaction transactions in terms of how I view them in the CBL. I got John with me, so after each transaction, I just, I'll just i get John's thoughts, see what he thinks. Um, not necessarily asking him for a ranking, just more what does he think about the move. So at the number three spot, I put myself picking up Daryl Henderson off of waivers after Cam Akers basically has been announced to be done with the LA Rams. He's, he's no longer part of it. Daryl Henderson, every time he's been the guy, he's always been solid. He's always been a 15 to 20 point per game guy. And last week he had 16 points and was a big part of how I got that win. So, John, what do you think about that move? I would have, that was my, I would have drafted Daryl Henderson during our draft if I knew he was like, 
you know, if he had the same role as Dalvin Cook did in Minnesota. But he's always been that questionable. How many carries is he going to get? What's his actual role going to be with the Rams? But knowing that he is the solid guy there, I mean, that is huge. Yeah. I, that's what I, I questioned that every time I was going to look at drafting. I'm like, I don't know. It was always like those Patriots running backs. You're like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, what is your load going to be for the week? How many carries are you going to You could have three carries or you could have 30. I don't know. And I've always appreciated consistency, mm-hmm. knowing kind of what you're going to get. And I think knowing Daryl Henderson is going to be a starter. Yeah, I, that's huge. Well, and, 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 and the key main guy. Yeah, and when you think about building a championship team, the key word there is building right there you know like of course everyone would love to off the waiver wire pick up a guy who's going to score as many points as christian mccaffrey in his heyday or saquon this year you know you're just not going to find those guys so can you find guys who can be solid rb2s and flexes that are gonna get points for you you know because it's about that team score you know that full that full team score and my thought process is you know i've got alvin Kamara, who i'm going to start every week i wish he'd freaking score a touchdown but he hasn't yet but he's, he's good, but who's going to be my RB2? You know, and I'm just gaining more guys that I can play in those spots. Um, the second most impactful transaction, I thought, also kind of involved me. Um, there's just not been a lot of moves or not a lot of big transactions. Christian McCaffrey got traded to the San Francisco 49ers, and I quickly grabbed one of the Carolina Panther running backs. Brian picked up the other. I saw he's since dropped him for Melvin Gordon. I guess I don't I don't think that they're going to be way good or anything. I just again, I talked earlier running back depth is key to me. There's another starting running back potentially. Um ultimately it could amount to nothing. What what are your thoughts? Well, I think it's huge to pick them up. I think you're you're right on and looking at that waiver wire hot knowing that the trade happened. I mean, what's the risk? Yep. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I thought is like, hey, if they're quarterback I saw this week that their average depth of target for their quarterback was like negative. And that never happens. It really means every pass was either at the line of scrimmage well, or and, worse. And if you're Carolina, if I'm the head coach or the interim head coach or the GM, I'm going to say, I'm going to go to the win. coaches. I'm going to say, well, I'm going to say, test them. Yeah. See who we want to bring, who, who do we want to be part of this team moving forward mm-hmm. and give them a load. And part of our league rule is 0.25 carries. Mm-hmm. And that could be, Let's just, I mean, 10 carries is four extra points. Yep. So that can be a difference even if they only have, you know, 10 carries for 40 yards and they have yeah. a few catches. That's a solid game. I mean, yeah. and it's it's worth it. It's, there's no risk. Play, playable guys when bye weeks are, are happening. And, and, and so, again, just running back depth. And then the number one. Go, I would say go back to the Christian McCaffrey trade. Oh, yeah. That's going to, this is going to hurt Nate. You think so? More. You, you don't think it's going to. It's going to hurt him for two weeks. It's going to hurt him initially. You don't think he'll play this week? Well, if he plays, it's going to be limited. Yeah, and what do you do? You have to play him, right? I mean, oh, I don't think you if, can not if he, play if him. If he's active, you have to play him. I mean, at the you, chance you he's... can't not play him. But I would be interested to see like what are the statistics of a midweek trade? You know what? You he got have the, a couple weeks here. He got there today, Friday. Yeah. He's he's not going to practice with the team before the game. Yeah. So I mean, basically, they're gonna. They're going to run him out to the huddle, and they're going to say, hey, you know, Christian, we're going to run a screenplay to you to the right. And it'll literally be called like that because <laughs> he doesn't know the offense. So yeah. it's going to hurt Nate in the short term. Yeah. Overall, it might play out down the road, but it's going to hurt him in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, for Nate's sake and for mine, who happens to be playing Jeff Wilson, the 49ers running back this year, this week in his flex, hopefully he's just not active. And then Nate could play someone else, yeah, and not have to worry about it. Or that's what they should do, and you know, designate him one way or the other, so people can make the decision for sure. If he's active, you got tough. That's tough. You got to play him, but I think you got to play him. And if you're Nate, you definitely got to play him. Nate two two and four, two and four. Yeah. And then the number one most impactful transaction was there was a big trade this week. Um, There was a big trade last week, but you, you had mentioned this earlier, John. Cade is making moves. He is five and one and making moves. Normally, guys at five and one, they're making maybe subtle moves. They're building depth, whatever. Kate is making big time moves. He traded Raheem Mostert, David Njoku, Justin Herbert, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire to Todd, who never logs into his sleeper app, Buckle, for Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. And both those guys can't play this week. 
so I'm playing Cade. Thankfully, I don't have to play those guys for two straight weeks, which is I just played Todd last week. But that's a big trade. What are your thoughts? This is a head scratcher. I think even last week for me was a head scratcher for Cade. I didn't understand it, but I'm coming at it from my point of view, like I told you before. Uh, yeah, I, 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 if I'm Cade, I don't, I don't just objectively looking at it from the outside. I don't like the trade for Cade on Cade's angle. You know, if Todd would log in, I think he's got a hell of a deal here. Mm-hmm. Um, and Todd could make a run and I would love Justin Herbert. Why didn't you trade me for that, Cade? Like I would have gave you something solid for those, those guys. And Justin Herbert for Jalen Hurts, I I know you get more rushing opportunity with Jalen, and, and you got that going for you. Um, and Herbert, their offense in general has been a little lackluster. But he had he had like bruised cartilage or something yeah, on his ribs. I know Herbert he's healthy is a now. stud. He's healthy now. But I'm not gonna. I can't critique Kate. He's yeah. five and one. He's got the top dog in the league. He's obviously knows more than we do at this mm-hmm. point. Uh, but overall, transaction train wise. Any trade like that is number one. Just from the commissioner here speaking, I love to see the trades happening. I, I, I agree. And this goes back to when you were last on the pod. We talked about no keepers. What what element does that play? Well, I can tell you this. If we had keepers, Cade would not have traded. Um, you know, He traded Tyreek Hill away. He would not have traded, and he wouldn't have done that. Um, Todd probably wouldn't have traded Jalen Hurts away. And I just – I love that there's more more trades happening. Yeah. I think that shows a sign of an active league. And to me, it takes – and Cade's going a lot of effort. Like, how do you get in touch with Todd? Do you fax him? <laughs> do you do you send someone to his house to knock on his door? Like, you have to – Send Todd, mail? Send mail. <laughs> and that's, that's the question for me. It's like Cade really wanted this trade to happen. Again, as the commissioner talking – a lot of effort had to go into this trade. You're building a four-person, you know, a six a six-player trade basically here, mm. right? Or is it five? It was six, six, six total, four for two. You know, you got to spend some time building that and figuring it out. Love to see it, and the effort to go along to get a hold of Todd to get him to make that trade is huge. Yeah, you know, and kind of my final thoughts are number one, Todd. I know that when I've reached out to you about trades, you either don't respond. Or you say something like, I don't even look at it or care. So I'm just not going to make a move. So one, kind of frustrating that you're willing to make a move. Because we all would have traded with you. Uh, And number two, my hindsight trade blunder is that two weeks ago when I had not won a game, Cade offered me Tyreek Hill for Gabe Davis. And Tyreek Hill was on the injury report at the time. I didn't know... uh, why is Cade making these? I don't know because I, now, in hindsight, I should have accepted it because Tyreek Hill has been really good and healthy. But these are some like ballsy ass moves by Cade. Yeah, to me, I will say this. I wish he was here. I could. I would ask. Him. Yeah, I, I do too because I felt like Cade's advantage of his team was that he had stud wide receivers, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, and a really good quarterback, Justin Herbert who has struggled lately because of a, his injury, and then his running backs were doing enough. Well, now he's traded Tyreek Hill, so his advantage at wide receiver is gone. He had the number one wide receiver in Tyreek Hill and then Justin Jefferson, who could be the number one. And he traded away his quarterback. Now, Jalen Hurts has been a really good fantasy quarterback. But I agree. There are some, like, at 5-1, and one, I don't know if I would have made these moves. Oh, I wouldn't. Yeah. But that's why I'm, you know, runner-up. All the time, but so Kate, 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 Kate's going for the ship. Yep, and he, but he's, he's doing. I, I can respect that. Yeah, I got. He's thinking. I got to play different. But his process is working. I think Kate's saying, "I don't want the same team every week. I, I don't want the same team every week. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just making that up, and it sounds good. But I think that's what he's doing because his trades have been big. They have been. Like and, he's, he's basically rolling out. I would argue a completely different team the last three weeks. Totally, totally, and and that's why that's definitely the number one most impactful transaction on the transaction train. This episode is brought to you by Caldwell Hoverson Family Dentistry. Got a toothache? Maybe chip your right incisor. Call Doctor Quinn. He will put down his Captain and Coke, and as long as you can drive, he'll fix that snaggle tooth right up.
Whenever I get a little drunk and chip my tooth, I know Dr. Quinn is the only doctor I trust to fix it. All he did was make me sign a waiver saying I wouldn't sue him if I couldn't bite down anymore. I know my tooth looks better than before. Thanks, Dr. Quinn. We offer great dental care, and we also have a unique waiting room experience where there's a good chance you will see people from high school that you absolutely do not want to talk to, and you, they might even ask you awkward questions about your parents, siblings, and some people that you don't even remember. I'm 31 years old, and I still enjoy getting my new toothbrush out of the treasure chest. Call Dr. Quinn for your dental needs today. Oh, shipped another one. All right, let's get into the matchups. The first matchup this week is myself at two and four versus Cade at five and one. You know, Cade's team has been rolling. My team is on a two-game winning streak. After Thursday Night Football, which is when we recorded this episode, after Thursday Night Football, I was able to get 41.16 points from Kyler and Alvin Kamara. I'll be honest, I feel like Kyler was going to have a bigger game. I wish he did. I wish he was more, you know, closer to 30. Uh, but Kamara has had back-to-back 20-plus weeks, and uh, it is what it is. I wish, I, I really wish I would have played Chris Alave just because – I was a little nervous with Arizona's shadow coverage. They've really done a good job of taking away receivers. And now I have to, I kind of have to play Jeff Wilson in my flex. And with the Christian McCaffrey trade, I'm a little nervous. Um, you know, Cade traded some guys away that have been really productive. So I feel like, I, I, I don't know about you, John. I feel like he's kind of flexing on me a little bit. Like I can beat Michael even with this B team that I got right here rather than the studs, like I can wait a week to have my new studs that I traded for. Yeah, it's it's kind of a kind of a rude move by Kate, in my opinion. <laughs> it's like have some sportsmanship here, try your best instead of just rolling out this B squad. Yeah, and then saying like, well, we'll just see what happens. My team's pretty good. We'll see. I'll probably beat you anyway. But uh, looking at the matchup overall, uh, I. I don't know. Are, are we getting into predictions? But I, I we'll, like we'll we'll get into predictions. Okay. You, I, you just tell me what you see. Could what well, you see overall, in terms of like, factor? I I am a Kyler Murray hater through and through. Yeah, he's struggled this year. He but, has not been as good as I thought he'd be. But I think that the Giants don't allow many points. Mm-hmm. I think the Giants they do their def, I don't know what their defense is ranked, but overall, I don't feel like many teams score a lot of points against them. So I think you have the advantage at quarterback with Kyler. I don't think Trevor's – he might score a similar amount, but I don't think he's going to blow you out. Mm. Oh, I see. You're talking about Cade's quarterback. Cade's quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Yes. And then Leonard Fournette versus Ezekiel Elliott, just comparing the running backs here. Is this the week that Zeke finally – it looks a little bit like old Zeke. The Detroit Lions run defense is terrible. It's awful. And he's starting to gain steam. I know everyone wants Tony Pollard to be the guy, but – but they still want it, to run Zeke. Zeke is one of those guys who will wear you down, and he he sometimes gets better as the season and the games go get go on because he's such a powerful back. But it doesn't seem to wear on wear on him as much. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think Zeke will continue to get more carries. I, I would rate, you know, I think Cade's biggest downfall is that Kenyon Drake there on his RB two. I don't think that's a really solid RB two in my opinion. Uh, Fournette. You never know with him. He could get three touchdowns just based on short yard situations with the Buccaneers. Uh, at wide receiver, Jamar Chase for you. He's a stud. Uh, Mike Williams there as your wide receiver too. I think those are better than Lazard and Sutton for Cade. Uh, Tight end, it's Cade. Yeah, I mean, Pitts has just been – maybe I'll ask you. Has Pitts been your most disappointing player? Oh, man, he might be. Like – I'm sitting here thinking about my draft and how he drafted. Okay. So he started with Jamar Chase. Hasn't been as good as I wanted him to be, but part of that's the way the Bengals have been defended. He's getting double teamed more than anybody in football other than Cooper Cup right now. Alvin Kamara, he had an injury since he's been back. He's been better. Um, those were my first two picks. After that, I went Kyle Pitts and Zeke. Both those guys have struggled. And then if you throw in Kyler Murray, who I drafted in like the seventh, those are three of my top seven picks. And they've really kind of struggled this year. Kyle Pitts, man, you've got a freaking Swiss Army knife weapon at tight end, and all they do is block with him. Last year, Kyle Pitts lined up at wide receiver more. So, yes, has he been my most frustrating guy? It's either him, Kyler Murray, or Zeke, but it's probably Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, and the thing is, I think Atlanta's actually overachieved up to this totally. point. Totally. So, They're winning. Yeah. So, so if I'm their head coach, 
I'm sitting there going, no, we're going to keep blocking with them. Yep. You know, um, but, but just, I don't need to go anymore, but I just say, I like, if I had to pick, I pick you in this week. Well, that was, you know, kind of the last thing I was going to ask you, you know, um, couple other key things. This is a week where he's got Justin Jefferson on by. I'm pretty happy to not see him. Yep. Uh, but I've got Gabe Davis on by, and he's been big for me this year when he's healthy. Um, he's acquired some new guys that are also on by. So that, that really is a big part of the story. If I was playing Cade next week, I would feel a lot more nervous. So your prediction is me? Yeah, but one thing I will say about Cade, who takes the time to go through every one of his players and nickname them? <laughs> Cade Hoverson does. Let's just look here. Out of the all the roster spots, he's got one, two. He's got all but three of the roster spots nicknamed. Yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he has a nickname because he just picked him up. Cade, a pre- love the effort. This commissioner is talking. Love the effort on the trades. Love the effort on going all in on the nicknames. I don't know if anyone else in the league is doing that. Yeah. And, you know, I was hoping Cade was here so we could talk more about this. But I feel like Cade's kind of been my perennial rival in the CBL. I feel like if you looked at our win-loss record, I bet you Cade has beaten me more times than I've beaten him. But I think I've always beaten him when it mattered. Like in the playoffs, in the championship. Is, is Cade like Kirk Cousins? Is He could be like Kirk Cousins. He, he can get wins and acquire the stats. But when the lights are bright. I'm never scared of Cade. No. No, I'm never scared of Cade. Like, honestly, Quinn could have the team he has. I'm more scared of Quinn. I'm scared of Quinn. I'm scared of Nate if he's in the postseason. Nate, if Nate's in the postseason, he's always playing in, like, the finals. You know? Yep. Um, I'm never scared of Brian. Like, I'm never scared of – I'm never scared of Cade, Brian, and Keaton. Never (laughs) scared. Always scared of Quinn, Nate, and you. I'm – yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to say that, but I'm probably the Cody, one. Cody, I don't know. I'm the one you but, you most don't want to see because some shit has gone my way over the years. Um, yeah. But no, I I I'm not gonna make a prediction because I got you here. Um, I do know that I'm thankful I'm playing Cade when he's got all these studs on by because I don't think I have a chance if they're healthy. So um, we'll, or not healthy, but if they're playing. So uh, we'll move on to the next matchup here. All right, a matchup number two. We've got Quinn at three and three versus Cody at four and two. You know, and if we just go down the line a little bit, we talked about how Lamar Jackson had had two really big weeks and looked like he was just breaking fantasy football again. But really, since then, he's kind of cooled off. I think the advantage here has got to be Mahomes. Yeah, I would agree there. Um, I if I could put I if I could put a Super Bowl prediction right now. I, I don't think I would bet against – I would – I think the Chiefs and the Bills are the two best teams in the NFL. But I think right now, even though the Bills won last week, I I think Mahomes is playing slightly better than Josh Allen. Really? I think, I think so. I mean, I think the Chiefs are better without Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think, oh, yeah. I don't I, – I 100% – I don't think the Chiefs are regretting that decision at all. Mm-hmm. Not paying Tyreek – whatever $30 million that they had, I don't think they're any worse than they were with Tyreek. And I think Mahomes is more free. He's not forcing the ball to Tyreek. He's open to more wide receivers. And I think that will lead to Mahomes putting up more points than he maybe did before. For sure. And at running back, I mean, the advantage has has to go to Quinn. I mean, he's got Derrick Henry, who's been good all year. He was on bye last week. And Aaron Jones, who maybe has been a little disappointing. Uh, You know, the Packers a little questionable usage haven't given him the ball as much as he probably should get but Cody's thrown out Tony Pollard and Nick Chubb and I know people are screaming from the masses make Tony Pollard the RB1 they're not doing it so you're hoping for like a 50 yard run with him and Nick Chubb he's always going to have some of his workload eaten in by Kareem Hunt yeah I don't disagree with you at all there yep um at wide receiver both these guys uh have you know guys who aren't necessarily blowing the doors down you know, Quinn's got Christian Kirk, who he acquired through trade for me, um, and Tyler Lockett, who has an injury right now. And Cody's got Amari Cooper, who's been solid, and but but has also been bad. You know, it's typical Amari Cooper. Great one game, terrible the next. And DK Metcalf, who, you know, we'd love to be better, but just isn't. So, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of toss-up at wide receiver. I, I'd say toss-up there, and I'd honestly lean towards Cody Yeah, there. And Quinn has a couple guys in his lineup right now 
who have just recently been declared out this afternoon. You know, he's got Darren Waller at tight end and J.K. Dobbins in his flex. He's going to have to make some moves there. You had talked earlier in the pod about how Quinn maybe needs to make some trades. He might need to make them now just to fill up a good lineup here. You know, Cody's throwing out T.J. Hawkinson, who's had like one really good game, and Jacoby Myers, who's been okay. Uh, but you know, if Quinn can put some some productive guys in those spots, you know, I I don't, I don't see why he couldn't have the well, advantage there. I'm looking at Quinn's bench. He does have uh, Fairmuth out of Pittsburgh. Who Firemuth. Firemuth. He's going to throw in there at tight end, and he can throw another flex in here if he finds one. Uh, might be Gallup, who I dropped actually, who Quinn picked up. Uh, so I think Quinn will have a solid team overall. Um, you know, with those guys on injury, the matchup looks close already. I think getting a full roster from Quinn, I think this is a really close matchup. I would lean towards Quinn. Mm -hmm. Um, but with our league being full point PPR, even though Cody's wide receivers aren't that great. I do give his wide receivers advantage, which could lead Cody. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick Quinn. Yeah, I think really what this comes down to is if Lamar can step up and have a big game, you know, and, and stay with Mahomes, uh, that that will help. Um, we already talked about running back. Quinn's got the edge, um, and I don't know. I just continue to believe Cody's team is kind of fake. You know, I think he did this last year. He he got some wins. You know, Cody beat me by by like five points or something like that. And Mahomes had 50 points or 45 points. Like he's gotten some really close wins. And I don't, I, I think if he does what he did last year and doesn't make any moves, he could be in a rough spot again. You know, look at Cody's team. Cody's got one, two, three running backs, three, three running backs right now. And one's on by, you know, he gets another injury like last year when he did with Derrick Henry, he's done for. So, I, I gotta just, I have to say Quinn's team. I'm gonna beat that drum all year. I, I'm not disagreeing. And what's crazy is I think Cody had a decent draft because McLaurin's on his bench and Ayuk is on his bench. And I, I don't disagree with Cody not starting them. Yeah. I'm just saying I think Cody had a solid team when he drafted. They just haven't put it out true. this season. Yep, true. So um yeah, so John John and I both think Quinn's gonna Quinn. win that one. Yep. Hey guys, for matchup number three, it's just gonna be me. I totally forgot to go through this matchup with John. We were having too much fun. We were we were running right through our show doc, and we totally forgot to do the matchup for Keaton and Dan. So I'm going to do that right now. Uh, you know, this week matchup for these guys, Keaton's coming in at 3-3, three and three and Dan is 2-4. and four. Dan just had a big win over John to, to stay with the 2-4 and four group. And Keaton's team looks like it might be nearing full strength. He's had a lot of guys battling injuries all season. And in their matchup, you know, Keaton has Joe Burrow, who just came off a huge week. Can he continue that against Atlanta? And uh, Dan's going to be playing Derek Carr because Josh Allen's on by. Josh Allen's been kind of the key guy for Dan all year. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he can have a big game. He hasn't had like a three-touchdown game in a couple years. So if he can have that big game this week, that will certainly help Dan. Keaton's got both of his running backs, you know, fully healthy here. He's got DeAndre Swift, who looks like he's going to play and be healthy and good to go. But Dan has quietly put together maybe the most solid running back group of anyone in the CBL. He's got Brees Hall, who's been on a tear as a rookie. Kenneth Walker, who's now in a, a much bigger role with the Rashad Penny injury. And Jonathan Taylor looks to be fully healthy. So the running back advantage is going to be Dan, but Keaton's running backs are no slouches. Keaton's also got, looks to have his wide receivers fully healthy. Amon Ross St. Brown coming off the bye week. Maybe Keenan Allen, there's talk that Keenan Allen may sit one more week and then come back through the bye. But I just think the Chargers might need him. They need to get every single win they can. And, uh, you know, if he's if these guys are healthy, then the advantage goes to Keaton. You know, Dan's throwing out Debo Samuel and Chase Claypool. Tight end, both of these guys have had good games, George Kittle and Hayden Hurst, and both have struggled this year. So uh, I, I guess George Kittle, you got to go with the history there. He's got He's had a lot more success. And then Josh Jacobs for Keaton, you know, I, I talked about how Dan has the running back advantage, but it's not by much. You know, Keaton's guys are are not maybe who you think about as being some of the best running backs in the league, but they're, they're certainly put together good fantasy seasons, Josh Jacobs included. So, uh, you know, I, I think when you look at that matchup, it really might be the year of Keaton, you know, um, <laughs> it totally might be. He's three and three, but he, all along he's kind of held true that if his team's healthy, they're really, really good. And, and I think I agree with him. 
Uh, my prediction is I'm going to predict that Keaton wins this week and, uh, you know, gets that fourth win for, for his team. All right, matchup number four. We've got Nate at two and four versus Todd at two and four. Um, you know, we can go through. Is this the, like a pre-toilet bowl? It could be. Um, you know, Nate's team has struggled. Uh, Nate had a big night from Eno Benjamin, 26.3 points. But I, I really don't know how much we need to talk about this because Todd isn't going to set his lineup, and he currently doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, does might play mind games with Nate here? No quarterback, no RB one. <laughs> I don't know. Nate's looking at this, going, "What do I do?" Yeah, and and maybe Nate somehow still finds a way to lose. I mean, I almost lost Todd last week, and he said his. I mean, he said his lineup, but this um, is actually Nate's birthday weekend. This I think is, this is it. Yeah. So there's not a whole lot to talk about here. Nate, if you don't win, you're the worst. Um, and, I, again, why did Todd set his lineup against me? I guess we'll never know. But I don't foresee him setting his lineup, and he'll be at the bottom of the league. Uh, uh, no. I won't go there. What's Move that? on. No. <laughs> well, now, let's have the audience think about what I was about to say. Okay. Everyone in your mind, you can think about And it. we'll talk off air? Yeah. Okay. All right, matchup number five. It's the game of the week. We've got Rabe at three and three and Brian at four and two. I, I feel like this one was the game of the week because you guys are close in the standings. You know, right now you're projected, and I don't love to look at the projections, but you're projected for so close. You're projected for 140.15. Brian's projected for 144.02. And part of it was we're recording this after Thursday Night Football where you had DeAndre Hopkins, who had a better game than expected, and he had Zach Hurts, who had a worse game than expected. Uh, he D Hop had twenty point three, and Zach Hurts had six point one. So, John, how you feeling going into this this matchup? Well, overall, I'm not feeling good. I got my two best wide receivers on by, so that alone doesn't make me feel great. Uh, I didn't make a lot of my roster when I just look at it. I'm like, oh, this doesn't look familiar because all my guys are out of place. Yep. So. I'm uncomfortable there. My OCD is kicking in. You know, Cooper Cup is not at my wide receiver one spot. I have DeAndre Hopkins. Who? I got got Deontay Johnson in my wide receiver two. He's supposed to be my flex or my bench. So, overall, OCD is making me very anxious. My anxiety is ramping up there because my guys aren't in their spots. Um, Brian's hitting me at a perfect week. I will tell you, it's no. I don't think it's a secret to anyone that Brian and I text a lot about the league and stuff. Like, so we have our group chat, and then Brian and I. I know Brian will text me always if I text him. So like, we like to talk about stuff. He's been talking about the fact that he plays you on this week for a couple weeks now. Like he is, he's like the week I play John Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs run by. You yeah. know, like he like he's he's had it circled. He knows that this this is a great opportunity to beat you. I have. Two opinions on that. My first one is from the commissioner opinion. I love that Brian is looking ahead. Yep. Like looking ahead to a couple weeks down the matchup saying, oh, wow, look at this matchup. I'm going to even now text a, a current and other member of the league. As a commissioner, I'm stoked about that. That yep. means engagement's high. Yep. They're not just trying to put a lineup together on Saturday night or Sunday morning and just saying, oh, here, I got a full lineup. Here we go. Yep. There's some strategy there. Um and then as me, as my team, I'm going, well, you're welcome, Brian. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm glad you got me at my weak spot. I think maybe it's the law averages where, you know, the NFL always puts their worst teams and schedules them on really weak schedules the year after they have a really bad year. Maybe this is finally happening to you after all these years. And they're saying, hey, we're going to line this up exactly. We know Rabe has got a really weak team this week. Let's put Brian in there. He's really struggled. Get him some wins, get him in the playoffs, you know, every given Sunday type of thing. So I think that's what I'm, I'm feeling here as commissioner. You think I would be in on those conversations, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not feeling great. I think Tua is a question mark for Brian at quarterback. I think that that's, are you part of Tua on? Well, I, I don't, he's coming back from like a serious head injury. Um, I, I feel like that, maybe that'll make him better because I'm kind of a two a hater along the lines yeah. there as Kyler. Like he, he's got great weapons. He's got better weapons than Kyler does. The thing, but Kyler's probably better. Well, I don't know. He's been better thus far. Um, I think that you when you think about it from the CBL perspective, 
that is where Brian is struggling right now. Is there's two spots. He's been throwing darts at quarterback, and his running backs outside Austin Eckler have always been questionable. Um, the the thing for you is though, you haven't necessarily had the consistent piece at quarterback too. But I have a feeling that Tom Brady is about to string together a little bit of a run. I know that it's been a little different this year where things haven't been a smooth sailing for Tampa Bay, but his weapons are finally healthy. They're going to play a bunch of shitty teams in a row. I got a feeling that Tom Brady's going to start balling out and throw in three or four touchdowns a game. Um, I guess I don't have a lot of trust in Tua coming off this injury right now and playing in prime time against the Steelers, who I know are a bad defense, but so is Carolina. So I think I give the advantage to you at quarterback. I would agree there. Yeah. I, I think I think divorced or soon to be divorced Tom Brady is finally going to just say I'm I'm free of all my baggage. I, I've got a clear mind. I'm addicted to football. It's ruined my life, but this is what I'm going to do. I have a clear mind. I'm just going to ball out in football. All right, at running back. I know you've been saying that you're looking for that solid RB two, but I kind of feel like you have the advantage at running back. Saquon has been a hell of a pick for you, and Damian Pierce has been they, Houston. They, they can't throw, so they're just going to keep running. Um, and Brian has Austin Eckler, who's been the best running back in fantasy thus far, but he's had struggles at RB2, too. He's kind of just throwing stuff around. Yeah, maybe Pierce is my RB2, and I just – because it's not a name recognition, I just don't think of him as RB2. But he's been a really good surprise for me. I have I think he's a solid player. They're giving him the ball a ton. Um, I think overall, I, I think I do have the advantage at – running back here as well. Um, I just need a good game. I think if Saquon can stay consistent, that's the biggest question mark. Can he can, can you put 20-plus points up a game? Yep, yep, I agree. Uh, at wide receiver, like we talked about, you already got 20.3 points from DeAndre Hopkins. Brian's got Tyreek Hill, number one wide receiver in fantasy right now. You know, I think when you when – you, well, not necessarily the number one wide receiver in fantasy, but he, he's he's got more yards than everyone else. You know, Brian's playing Tua. If Tua has a big game, does Tyreek Hill also have a big game? Does he get double points from there? I know Brian. I know this about Brian. He is he is a, an obsessed with the quarterback wide receiver stack. Every year he tries to find the, a stack. Always. Who can I play at quarterback versus, with my good wide receiver? Sometimes to his detriment. I think maybe he's trying to get this to come to fruition here. I Brian definitely has an advantage on the wide receiver spot. I think this is going to be the difference in the matchup if when we get to the prediction standpoint. Um, just by this week, I think Brian has this very strong wide receiver core that is going to be up on me. We didn't even talk about Devontae Adams. I mean, I mean he's that's what I'm saying. Targets. We haven't even mentioned Devontae Adams, and he's there. And like I said, my top two wide receivers are not playing this week. So I think the advantage to Brian in the wide receiver category. Yeah, you know, Michael Pittman had a much better week last week, too. You know, you're throwing out Garrett Wilson in your flex because you have to. Um, you know, I wouldn't feel I, I I'm still debating on throwing DJ Moore or DJ Moore in there in the flex. I picked him up a week ago, but I I probably honestly will keep I'll probably keep Wilson in there. I want to give him a shot. He's he's had some solid games. Yeah, this will be this will definitely be a matchup where and I think this just speaks to your team, John. You have two of your key guys on by, and you're still projected to only score four points less, four points fewer than he is right now. Imagine if you had those two guys. I mean, you think about, um, you know, if you had basically eight more points in Deontay Johnson's spot because you got to figure one of those guys averages 20 and 11 more points there. We're talking 19 more points projected than you are right now. Um, you know, Brian would definitely be feeling a lot more nervous. Um, you know, just some other key talking points. Uh, you were able to kind of win Thursday night football in my mind. I know DeAndre Hopkins was going to score more points than Zach Ertz, but if Zach Ertz could have had a night where he had like 15 plus, then I would say that was a kind of an even wash. Um, a lot of your guys are on a buy, but particularly the two wide receivers. Eckler has been dominating for the Chargers, but will that run out? Is that sustainable? And at the end of the day, your guys both have really strong defenses that are projected to score a lot. That could be the difference in the game. Who actually shows up in terms of defense special teams? Yeah, I I think so too. I think this is a, a pretty even matchup. Um, if we're going to get into predictions, I think if you're just going even matchup, 
I think with our league being a full point PPR league, I think Brian's wide receivers kind of tip the balance in his edge. Um, I, I, I am, I would say outside I'd, I'd lean towards Brian in this week. Yeah. I, I, I picked for my prediction. I'm going to predict Brian is going to win. And I also have kind of a bold prediction for the league season long. I predict that this is Brian's first really good year in fantasy in the CBL. I do, I'm not going to predict that he can win the league, but I'm going to predict that Brian is in the semifinals of the CBL this year, at least the semifinals, if he can solve his running back problem. All right, that concludes the Week 7 matchup show. It was great to have John in the pod to help me preview the matchups. It definitely went a little long, but we had a lot of fun sitting and talking and, and drinking some beers and, and having a good time talking about the season so far, some of the past stuff in the CBL and where we think the season's going. So uh, good luck to everybody. Hopefully I'm going to get that third win in a row. And uh, if not, it's still going to be fun. And, and uh, we'll, we'll catch you next week for the Week 7 recap and the Week 8 preview.